Mark and Dan. Mark and Dan. Podcast. Mark and Dan. Welcome back to another episode of Mark and Dan Meets World. I'm Dan Brown. And I'm Marky, Marky, but Barky, but Fee, Five, for Farky. Marky. Mark, sometimes I think you just use this podcast to meet chicks. I mean, clearly I am. Does that work? <laughs> I think I just gave some eargasms to tons of women. <laughs> to all of our dozens of listeners out there, welcome back to another episode of Mark, Mark and Dan Meets World. Yeah. We are talking about Season 2, Episode 8. Band on the run. Band on the run. I love Paul McCartney. Great song. He's my uh, third favorite Beatle. <laughs> this episode got 7.8 out of 10 on IMDb with 169 votes. It aired November 11th, 1994. This episode aired 23 years before my wife and I got married. So did you actually sing the name game to your wife? And then that's how you guys got married? Because I do remember, I wish I, wish I, I was that good. I do remember you guys played Jojo Man and Brother B at your wedding. <laughs> <laughs> we did. And you know what? I didn't play anything because like Corey, I can't play a single instrument. <laughs> so this is what I thought. So the, the show starts off. Corey and Sean are at Chubby's. And Sean is just getting rejected, apparently, but girl after girl. And the one girl he, he asks out says that she can't because her grandmother's sick. And Corey has to tell Sean, he goes, yeah, you know, her grandmother's sick. That one's coughing up a lung. And her, that grandma, you know, her her grandma's already dead, but she blames me for it. Yes. Um, and then enter Adam Scott with a couple of guys. We eventually see Adam Scott become Griff. Apparently on IMDb, he is just known as Senior. But, Mark, I like to think of him as Griff in this moment. Yeah. All right. So I have a theory. So my theory is that he was actually in a band, a successful band, and then he flirted with and then eventually stole the drummer's girlfriend, got kicked out of the band, and then he was, like, so pressured that he eventually left and got transferred to John Adams High, which we'll see later on. So this is my theory. That is a great theory. Yeah. There, he's actually the same guy. So we're not going to kill off Adam Scott yet. No, not yet. <laughs> but this is the thing that I would have killed off anybody. I have never in my life been felt comfortable leaving my stuff with other people to watch, especially with strangers at a restaurant that I've never met before. Like, he just gives him what's assuming to be very expensive instruments. Yeah. I would not leave a pair of drumsticks with some random stranger. No, not at all. You know, I was listening to a Jim Cornette podcast, and what he would say is, if uh, if they were worried about wrestlers stealing, what one wrestler what uh, wrestlers would do sometimes is like, let's say you and I are in a locker room full of people, mm-hmm. I would walk over to you and go, "Hey, Mark, can you watch my wallet while I go out in the ring and wrestle?" So this way, everyone knows if anything goes missing, it's because I gave you the wallet. Yeah. That's a that's a pretty good thing. What I did in the locker room is I took all my clothes. I took my pants with my my wallet, my phone, and everything, rolled it up with my socks over top of it, put it in my shirt, and then I put my shirt, that like ball, in my underwear. 
So they would have to touch <laughs> my underwear to like dig through all my shit. That's a very smart idea there, Mark. <laughs> well, it was definitely a smarter idea than what the boys had. So girls come over to them, think that they know how to play instruments, think that they're in a band, and then they the just who just turned down girl who just turned down Corey like two seconds ago. She just goes, oh, hey, you have a guitar. I'm fucking horny now. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently she wanted to be with guys in a band. You know, when I was a, a I think I was a senior in high school. Uh, it was like the first away game of the football season. I was in the drum line. And I remember uh, me and this dude, Evan, went to the other team side, like to go get like some concessions and whatnot. And he mm-hmm. purposely left a little bit of ketchup underneath his lip, like just to make it obnoxious. Yeah. And because we were in our band outfits, yeah. we would see girls that we didn't know. He'd be like, what's up, girls? I'm in the band. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he knew he looked like a he knew he looked like a goof, which is why he did it. And was so funny. Yeah, um, I was actually in a uh, band a couple years ago, probably like I was like 19. So it consisted of uh, me, my brother, my buddy Mitch. And then we had like three drummers. We were called belligerent moose. We were like a kind of like a pop punk band. <laughs> and how we started was like, we all just kind of called dibs. Like we weren't like Corey and Sean. We we're like, Oh, let's get chicks. Like we just did it. Like one day we we're at a party. And we we're like, let's just call dibs. So my brother who doesn't know how to play bass, He's like, oh, I, I'll play bass. And then he taught himself how to play bass. Uh, my buddy Mitch, he's, he's actually really good at the guitar. So he called dibs on the guitar. And then uh, I was like, well, because I, I have a drumming background. But then uh, Mitch volunteered. He goes, yeah, Mark, you like to write. How about you're our singer? I was like, uh, okay, I guess I'm the singer. So then we had to like find a drummer. And then we were like, oh, my buddy Paul, like, like let's make him a drummer because he, he plays drums. So during the course of our our band, uh, we had a party where my brother got drunk, thought it'd be a good idea to jump over a fence, did it, and then like seriously injured himself. And then uh, my buddy Mitch, he was like really into magic at this time, and so was I. So a lot of our practice time, it was just us doing magic tricks to each other. <laughs> <laughs> like while my brother's trying to figure out how to play bass. And then uh, at one point he left the band. Like we, uh, the band kind of split up because uh, my buddy Mitch got engaged to a girl in Akron. So then he moved to Akron and then like a little bit later he broke up with her. And it was like this huge fight that um, is my, uh, my buddy Max, my brother and I, and we all like drove down to Akron to like help move help Mitch move all the shit out of his ex fiance's <laughs> house. <laughs> and uh, while we were like practicing one day, uh, a neighbor of ours threw out like a bunch of like kids' toys and stuff. And then Mitch picks up like this brawly Dragon Ball Z figure. It was like, probably like a good foot he picks it out of the trash he goes i fucking love dragon ball z and he just takes it with him <laughs> so then uh flashback to when we're moving mitch out he gets all this stuff he's just like motherfuckering his ex-fiance he goes man fuck you i don't want to see this bitch again and then 
like he gets all the stuff ready. He's about to get in the car. He sits down in the car and then my brother looks up in the window and he sees the brawly action figure still in the, in the window. And he goes, Mitch, you forgot your action figure. He goes, all right. And then he just gets out, walks <laughs> into the house, grabs the toy, comes right back, sits back in the car and we drive him back to Cleveland. And then we had three drummers. It was Paul. He left because he wanted to be in like a surf band. And then we had my buddy Max. Uh, he quit after a day because he didn't really like playing music. And then we had uh, this guy Radio. He was He's actually in Suburban Legends. Matthew Phillips is his real name. Don't call him Radio because he'll get pissed. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he, he, we had like just a revolving door of drummers. And the funny thing about this was we were a band. For one year, all wow. the shit in a year is the craziest wow. fucking thing. So you guys were a little bit more disorganized than Corey and Sean. However, you guys were able to last significantly longer, which yeah. is pretty impressive. Uh, was your band named The Tongues? No, we were Belligerent Moose. Belligerent Moose. That's right. I'm sorry. It was Corey's father's band that was named The Tongues. Where we find out the next scene when Dad's excited to see Corey playing the guitar, and Corey said. You know, he's just doing it to meet chicks. And, you know, dad was trying to tell him that it was all about the music and fight the power. But then when Corey leaves, mom's, you know, sees that she understands that Corey's trying to play guitar. And he goes, ah, I bet it's the meat chicks because that's what you were all about there, Alan. Uh, <laughs> so do you have this? Uh, you still have a tight friendship with all your bandmates to this day? Oh, yeah, definitely. Are they are all of them alive? They're all still alive. Well, then you're one step ahead of Mr. Matthews there. <laughs> Well, I like how I like how Corey and Sean go into school and they're walking with cases and the girls try to get them to play. And then Corey has to show them like there's nothing in my case. It's just an <laughs> it's just an empty case. This is a thing I actually thought about doing when I was in like seventh grade. Cause I was like, that's fucking genius. Girls are gonna think I'm like this big rock star. And I actually tried finding a guitar case just to carry it to school and then just have my sandwich in it and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I knew like people right away are like, play something, play something now. And I would have to go, like, oh, no. Like, why the fuck would you bring a guitar if you're not going to play it? I uh, I took my guitar once to Cleveland State when I was going there. Yeah. Because there were people just every single day would walk around with their guitar. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, man, that's got to be so cool. And after one day of doing it, I was like, fuck those people. Who are they <laughs> trying to oppress? <laughs> yeah. You just have that like, I'm a douchebag shame. That like uh, you think it's so cool until you do it. And you're like, oh, I feel kind of scummy. Not only do you feel scummy, but then you look at other people who are doing that and you just go, that's it. You just think of them like scum then too. Yeah. It's like the hacky sack kids. Yeah. It's like, uh, you ever hear Mike Probiglia's joke? The, uh, the guitar guy at the party. I'm yes! the guitar guy yeah. at the party <laughs> and I'm trying to get a hand job. <laughs> <laughs> so I like they have to hold auditions for a band and they actually get musicians to show up. Now, one guy who just playing the tuba and then you got someone else who's doing the, the accordion and the blues and you get a monk, but then you actually get like this drummer who seems to have a lot of talent. Who's just able to play on anything at any moment and and just go from there. He's playing on the couch. He's playing on the walls. Yeah. And then you actually have a guitarist who's actually knows how to shred and neither of them make the cut. Yeah. Instead, they get a guy who just poses and another one who sticks his tongue out. Yeah. Well, you got to have a guy like that. 
Mm-hmm. You better watch out. You better not cry. There's a terrorist attack. It can only be saved by one guy and a St. Bernard. Dan Brown and Heyman save Christmas. That's right. Dan Brown, my co-host of Mark and Dan Meets World, has his full comic book series out and available right now. A real Scrooge of a terrorist blows up Santa's toy shop, putting Christmas in jeopardy. It's on a recently fired comedian and his trusty four-legged best friend to make sure Christmas is saved for all the boys and girls across the world. Dan Brown and Heyman save Christmas. You can go to danbrowncomedy.com for more information. That's danbrowncomedy.com. But I, I like the agreement that they came to. We never, ever play. Yeah. No matter how cute the girl is, you never play a note. And why is that, Dan? Because we don't know how. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's some people out there listening right now. But like they should, have a po- they should have a podcast rule. They never do a podcast. Why, Mark? Because they don't know how. Yeah. <laughs> but then right when the guys leave, Dad comes in with Eric, and he's got the amp, and Dad goes, now this looks like a band. And Corey just in passing says, that's what we're going for. And then they all just leave. What a great line that seems like a throwaway line, but so yeah. funny. Attention, Mark and Dan meets world listeners. The suburbs of Cleveland, Ohio, are about to meet their match when three best friends have come across hardships on trying to make their dream movie. Follow Craig, Jamie, and motherfucker Dave as they beg, borrow, and steal their way to achieve legendary status. Only a Mark McKay's indie comedy hit, Suburban Legends, Life on the Rainbow Road. Starring Sean Manos, Mary Lee Osborne, Matthew Phillips, Josh Miller, Haley Madison, and a special appearance by Lloyd Kaufman. I have one question for you. Are you ready to be a suburban legend? Available now on storeenvy.com slash Mark McKay's Gimmick Table. That's storeenvy, S-T-O-R-E-N-V-Y dot com slash M-A-R-K-M-A-C-K-A-Y-E-S Gimmick Table. So the next day at school, Corey's in the hallway. He he's, looks like he's pondering, and the he makes him some bullshit line about, you know, the... Uh, the song in his head or the music in his head is just too loud. But then he sees her and the, and he the, knows the music, it's song. It, you know, it's there's yes. It was such a corny, yeah. cheesy pickup line, but a great line for Corey to use. Yeah. Especially for like a chick who's like really into like musicians too. Uh huh. Just get the mop janitor bug. What? <laughs> <laughs> so Corey tries to, to talk to Turner and, and show that the, each of them are pretty smooth. I forgot. Was Feeney trying to cancel the dance because the band dropped out? No, or he no? was. He was scratching off demon seeds, and then okay. he was going to say, um, "We get. We're going to play this this tape of JoJo Man and Brother B." Yeah, that's right. You are right about that because that's where we do find out about the tape for the first time. And then that's when the girls volunteer Corey and Sean's band because they've heard them and they sound great. And yeah. Feeney who has lived next to the Matthews. And I know that sound travels weird in the Matthews house. Yeah. You would assume at one point would have heard Corey playing the guitar, but instead went, well, this sounds like a plan. What's your band, Mr. Matthews? Uh, <laughs> and Corey looks for any sign possible. And he sees yeah. the exit sign and goes, it's the exits. Um, yeah. I like how he sees 
Blood Drive, which is a, that sounds like a pretty cool name for a band. And then Sex Ed, that's an even yeah. cooler name for a band. And he goes exits. And it's like he's like, I'm looking for a way to get out of this. So he just picks the exits. So I, I thought that was pretty good writing right there. I thought it was great lighting too, because in really, in all honesty, if he would have just told the truth, he could have exited and then not been, yeah, not been an idiot at the end of the show. Yeah. So then Mr. Feeney just goes like, "Oh, you have a band," and then he goes the exits, and he goes, "Congratulations, you have a gig," and he yeah. writes the exits on the thing with a big marker, and that actually leads us to uh, this week's sponsor of the week. Hello, Mark and Dan meets world listeners. Are you ready to rock? Are you ready to roll? Are you ready to rock and roll? Rock out with your socks out this Friday night at the 7th grade dance featuring John Adams High, very own The Exits. Playing their hits such as The Name Game and... Well, that's kind of it. But they got a guy who can play the guitar with his teeth. The Exits, this Friday night at the 7th grade dance with special guest openers Jojo Man and Brother B. Be there or be square. Oh man, I'm busy that night. I guess I gotta be square. Yeah, I got a gig that pays somewhere else, so I can't, <laughs> I can't make it. Well, you know, I kind of feel bad for Corey and Sean here because apparently the two people he got in his band were Max's because they quit after one day. Yeah, uh, also... Did you know that? Yeah. <laughs> I, just that I was hoping you would catch that one. Really. Um, yeah, the, the guy who was like shredding on the guitar when they were doing the tryouts, that was the guy who said, this gig isn't going to pay. We have a paying gig. Yeah, that was. Well, had they got the fucking guy to be in their band, they would have gotten solved. But of course, they had to get into shenanigans mm-hmm. and, and screw themselves. Well, I, I do like how we do see an actual band in the next scene. So mm-hmm. dad's hanging out with his friends, Norm, Gordy, and Larry, who's played by Mickey Dolans from the Monkees, yep. Rick Nielsen, and Billy Vera. Um, who are the other two from again, Mark? Rick Nielsen, who played Gordy. He was in Cheap Trick. Right. And then uh, Larry, who was uh, Larry, yep. who was played by Billy Vera, was in the uh, a band called the Beaters, so you have okay. like a whole like rock star cast. So this is like the kind of first of Boy Meets World bringing in a lot of like rock stars into the show, which is pretty nice. Yeah, and this is not the this is not the only time that we're going to see Mickey either in the show, yeah. which is cool because Mickey's a very entertaining guy. Yeah, I thought he was like a really good. He was like really believable that he was Alan's buddy. Like I think later on he said he was his best man. Mm-hmm. So, like, it makes sense. Like, the, he seems like a pretty cool guy. I would like to see more of him. Uh, fun fact. Do you know who wrote the music for the Monkees? I do not. No. Neil Diamond. Really? Listen to the Monkees songs. Mm-hmm. You know, and then imagine if Neil Diamond was singing it. Okay. I can, all right, I can hear Daydream Believer. And... Exactly. All right. Uh, and, and Alan starts to realize all of his friends have gotten old and boring. Um, but then he takes out a guitar. Uh, well, first what they see Corey this? and Sean. Yeah. Well, first they see Corey and Sean, and then that's when Mickey goes. Uh, that's when Norm goes. You know, kids learn fast today, Alan. And Alan goes, "Not my kids." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Immediately knows something's up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Dad takes out his guitar, and everyone has theirs. Um, but then they're at the dance, and I never understood this. So I never went to a school dance that had a live band. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, neither have I. Exactly. They always get a DJ, and it's not that hard. Like DJ, you can get a DJ for pretty cheap. <laughs> you can They're go on be any Spotify good. right now. And yeah. Then... <laughs> all right. So, all right. Uh, let me go off on DJs real quick. DJs, you gotta fucking update your playlist. You know how many like weddings and like bar mitzvahs parties like stuff where they have like djs at and i keep hearing that yeah song from usher yeah like yeah it gets people off the dance floor or on the dance floor but the song came out over 15 so years it ago. going down for real by flow rider and that's yeah. a lot more current and that song is even nine years old right now yeah and i i remember i was at um a i bartended for a um daddy daughter dance for st joe's academy and they play that to the window to the wall to the to sweat the drip down my ball skeet, <laughs> skeet, skeet. that song was played at a daddy daughter dance that's awesome yeah you know this like djs just they make a playlist and go and eh, whatever i'll just play this like come on guys yeah uh <laughs> but i like at the school dance um you know, like you said, the the guitarist that shred would have actually done the play or would have done the school dance mm-hmm. had he had Corey and Sean said, you're our guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> instead, he, he was able to find a paying gig. Uh, so the guys start to panic. You know, they're doing the mic check and Mr. Feeney's telling everyone to stay in school because he's never done a mic check, apparently, at a school <laughs> dance before. <laughs> Just bores the crowd. And uh, Corey's trying to make it seem like it's a big deal about the flu food platter and he tells Turner they're not going to go on and Turner seems like he understands and he looks distressed and he goes outside on the microphone and he says please welcome the exits and they pull the curtains back and there's Corey and Sean with food stuffed down their mouth yeah so holding on to the turkey slices yeah (laughs) (laughs) and I love how Turner just looks at them and goes oops Uh, (laughs) and then that's when they let out um you know, are you ready to rock? Are you ready to roll? Are you ready to rock and roll? And the kids are going crazy. And Sean says, good night, everybody. Good night, uh, everybody. <laughs> That's the third time I believe he said that line. Yeah. Um, wait, didn't Turner say it the last time? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's, yeah. A, it's the third time this line has been said. In yeah. The series. Second time for Sean. Um, they do a quick cut to see dad playing with his friends to find out that dad's never been good in the first place. Uh, mm-hmm. His friends were always musicians. Uh, we then find out, I, I'm just going to skip ahead here a little bit um, and then circle back around. Um, you know, when dad's trying to rush his friends out the door, uh, mom says that dad was never good. Uh, she just fell in love with him because he looked cute when he was playing his uh, with his guitar and in his jacket. Yeah. Going she was back, more into the whole package. Exactly. So going back to uh, going back to school here, the kids are all booing Corey and Sean, and Corey tries to do the name game with Hannah, who was the chick that uh, had no interest in it at first, and then thought he was a musician, and then found out that he's been lying about that, and yells, "You stink!" Uh, so everyone starts to leave, and then we see Topanga being the last one to walk away on the dance floor. When we come back to them, you know, Corey and Sean are looking depressed, and you know, Feeney comes by. And, and they start saying, okay, this is what Feeney's going to say. Mr. Matthews, Mr. Hunter, blah, 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 blah. The important thing here. And then Feeney comes by. Sure enough, says Mr. Matthews, Mr. Hunter. And they kind of nod to each other. And then Feeney laughs in their face. <laughs> <laughs> 
This is my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> he just Dick he Feeney. just laughs. <laughs> yeah, because like pretty much throughout the whole season two, we just got like Mr. Feeney being the stern Mr. Feeney. Like we've got those like very little subtle burns, mm-hmm. but this was like the return of burning Mr. Feeney. We just laughs in their face. Yeah. These uh you know, the few episodes in a row here that we actually see Corey and Topanka's relationship start to start to move forward here. Because mm-hmm. Topanka comes over and Sean excuses himself so she can talk to Corey and she tells him that um you know, she's like, Well I had fun, you know, watching you up on stage. And she's like, You look cute, you know, playing the guitar. Literally saying the same thing mom said. Yeah. Uh Corey felt bad that she couldn't dance and then Topanga's like, well, you didn't dance either. So they decide to dance with each other. They play Mr. Feeney's reggae music uh, to find out that uh, Mr. Feeney is apparently on the tape. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's just another thing of Mr. Feeney putting himself over. Uh, and they ask for the name George Feeney. Feeney, Feeney, Bobini, Fanana, Bobini. Well, he actually went there to meet chicks. Oh, Feeney did. Yeah. <laughs> he went to the school dance to meet chicks. <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> Listen, Mark, I will not let you sit here and besperch the good name of Mr. Feeney on our podcast. <laughs> I will cancel this podcast before that happens. Yeah, the uh, I would say the Mr. Feeney lesson of the week is pretty much spelled out by Corey, where he was expecting Mr. Feeney to come in and go, blah, 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 blah. Like, so he was pretty much saying, don't try to be someone you're not. Like, they were trying to pretend they were uh, these big rock stars like they're, you know, Gene Simmons or Paul Stanley. And they weren't. They were just Corey and Sean. So, yeah. like, that's just the Mr. Feeney lesson of the week is just don't try to be someone you're not. I like it. Would you count Sonia as a Corey girlfriend? I'm going to say no. Okay. Um. So, so far... Because I, I always thought I wanted to count how many girlfriends Corey had. So up until this point, we still haven't had any. Okay. And then I'm going to give you the the official yes or no. So if you're not counting Sonia, we won't count her as a girlfriend. But if you can take a stab at what the Disney Plus description of this episode is, take a stab at it and I'll tell you how close you are. Uh, I'm going to assume it has something to say with, about girlfriend. Um, Corey tries. Corey fakes being in a band to impress a girlfriend. Nope. Uh, okay. Disney Plus decides that the description is Corey discovers that Topanga still likes him. <laughs> <laughs> that is the serious description. That's not even fucking close. Yeah, not even close. Like like how we said last week where I said the uh, – I was like, here. I showed my wife. I was like, what's this episode? And she had no idea. I did the same thing this week where I was like, don't look at the title, Band on the Run. Look at the description. Tell me what episode this is. She goes, I have no fucking clue. And then I was like, yeah. All right, now read the episode, uh, the title. What do you think the episode is? She goes, I think it's the one where they have the band. I was like, yeah. These two don't fucking match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh. 
And there's no hint that Topanga still likes him. She just goes, "You you look cute up there." And that's yeah. it. Man, that was that was <laughs> Mark. I don't know how how to top that anymore. Yeah, I know that is by far the worst Disney Plus description we've ever came across. I don't want you guys to think that this was the worst episode that we did. Band on the run. It got seven point eight out of ten. I'm gonna just round this up to a nice even eight. It yeah, was a I'll solid give it an eight. episode. It had yeah. good jokes. It, had, it was a fun little, another fun episode. Next week we have another fun episode here with Fear Strikes Out. I'm looking forward to talking about that one, and I'm looking forward to you guys listening as well. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe wherever you're listening to us on. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Anchor, Stitcher, Spotify, any and all the above would be great follow us on instagram at mark and dan meets world like us on facebook mark and dan meets world we're looking forward to you guys listening next week thank you guys once again for mark i'm dan have a good night do good mark and dan mark and dan podcast Mark and Dan.